we welcome you to the Lutheran Prayer Hour. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Matthew, the 24th chapter. Jesus said, When you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, let the reader understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let the one who is on the housetop not go down to take what is in his house, and let the one who is in the field not turn back to take his cloak. And alas, for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days. Pray that your flight may not be in winter or on a Sabbath, for then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been from the beginning of the world until now, and no, never will be. And if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. But, for the sake of the elect, 
those days will be cut short. Then if anyone says to you, Look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise, and perform great signs and wonders, so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. So if they say to you, Look, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. If they say, Look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's Gospel is a mini-apocalypse. It's a quick glimpse at the end times, what was often called the Apocalypse of St. John. That we translate today as the book of Revelation. So an apocalypse is a revelation. But to our frustration, what the Bible reveals about the end of the world, or even about the end of our lives, isn't always laid out in a nice textbook way. St. Paul, in the epistle for today, says it in a very orderly way, simple, just the way we like it. He says, since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him all those who have fallen asleep. The small catechism's simple explanation can hardly be beat, too. At the last day he will raise me and all the dead, and give eternal life to me and to all believers in Christ. This is most certainly true. What Jesus says, though, is a bit more complicated, or maybe we should say a bit more interesting. When you see the abomination of desolation standing in the holy place, the one spoken of by the prophet Daniel, and St. Matthew adds, let the reader understand. Yeah, so... What exactly are we to understand by this abomination that makes desolate? Is this something that happened then? Is it happening in our day? Or will it happen yet in the future? 
Well, here's where it's helpful to recognize that this is an apocalyptic text. Think of what you know about the book of Revelation. Dragons, beasts, angels, four living creatures like we heard about on previous Sundays, and all sorts of really orderly numbers and seals and seasons, right? These are signs. These are symbols. These are pictures. The stuff of stories and emotions, not the sort of thing that you plan out on your calendar. And that's how the Bible reveals the end times. Jesus paints an image of danger, of warning, and of great tribulation. It's like a fire when there's no time to grab your coat. It's like a long, arduous journey that must be made quickly, no place for women and children. And it's no joke. It's no Sabbath afternoon stroll. The other important thing to know about apocalyptic passages in the Bible is that they often combine near and far, present and future. And that's what Jesus does here. It would help if we had the whole chapter. Then we'd read this, that Jesus' disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple. But then Jesus answered them, You see all these, truly I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. Jesus foretells an event that was only a few decades away. That is, the destruction of Jerusalem and its temple, which happened in 70 A.D. The disciples were very impressed by their temple. They were proud of it. So when Jesus reveals that it will be destroyed, they're shocked. They imagine that would be the end of the world. Jesus follows their lead by talking about the destruction of Jerusalem and the end of the world in general all at once. Jesus mashes these two events together. Now, that's not our style, maybe, but knowing that, at least we won't fight against it when we listen to Jesus in this text. Above all, the first thing that Jesus says back in verse 4 is the most important. He says, See that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name, saying, I'm the Christ, and they will lead many astray. In the end, it is the words and not the buildings that matter. The Lord predicts wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes and famines and great persecution. But what keeps returning to the forefront is the warning of a false prophet, of false prophets and false Christs who will lead astray. What does that have to do with death and destruction, the desolation of God's sanctuary and the very world itself? Well, let the reader understand indeed. For the abomination of desolation is not someone standing out on the battlefield. It's not someone who's in the streets. It's not someone who's in the White House. But rather, the abomination of desolation stands in the holy place. It makes the holy place desolate. It empties it of what matters. And thus we are told to flee it. The devil's greatest threat is not taking our goods or our fame or our child or our wife or our life. The devil's greatest threat is stealing away God's truth, setting up a false Christ, desecrating the only source of holiness we have by removing the blood of Jesus and his words from our lips. Now, back in 70 AD, Titus, with his Roman legions, surrounded Jerusalem. And he brought their false idols and their standards right into the Jewish temple, desecrating it. Now, never had a Jew seen such an abominable sight before. Well, at least 
not since Antiochus IV did the very same thing, and worse, in 168 B.C. These two events, it seems, are what Daniel foretold, the abomination of desolation, desecrating the holy place of the Lord. But Jesus looks beyond all of this. After entering Jerusalem, after he cleared out the temple, after the many words exchanged with Sadducees and Pharisees and scribes, and after pronouncing woe and lamenting Jerusalem who would not receive him, Jesus has no time any more for the temple. He is already disinterested. In truth, the temple had already been made desolate. So Jesus tells his disciples to look away from that temple. It's going to be destroyed. And when it is destroyed, that won't be the end of the world, actually. Because though it once was holy, it had become an empty, desolate place. What made it holy was the Lord's own presence. What made it holy was his word. And what made it holy was the blood and the sacrifices that pointed not to the Jewish temple's greatness, but to Christ Jesus' greatness. All of the sacrifices of the Old Testament were types and shadows of the true sacrifice to come, when the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, would cleanse all from sin. In this blood the saints wash their robes and make them white. By this blood we come out of the great tribulation alive. Do you, dear Christian, wish to flee the terrors of this world and the devil's traps and the judgment that is coming to this world? Well then, flee to the wounds of Jesus Christ, as the hymn of the day for today sings. Trust in Jesus, who shed his blood as the full atonement for your sins. And more, eat his body sacrificed and drink his blood shed, as he gives it to you in his New Testament. And beware false Christs, beware the false prophets and every sign, wonder, or word that would lead you away from Jesus as your full, complete, and only Savior. False teaching is always going to bid you to put your trust in gold, in nations, in your own self-confidence or self-determination, in your works, or even in your connection to a building like the one you might remember going to church in. But all of this is desolate. All of it is empty. Even the church or your church building is an empty abomination, if not for the true treasure that must be in it. That is, if not for Jesus Christ and his word and his blood. See, I have told you beforehand, Jesus says. Jesus foretold the destruction of the temple. And what happened nearly 40 years later showed that Israel itself had been made desolate and empty. The Lord no longer has a special plan for any ethnic group, any one nation, or any country. Rather, salvation is in Jesus Christ alone. He is the true temple, the one that was built without hands, because he isn't a building, he is God's own son. He is the true sacrifice because he isn't a goat or a calf, but he is God's lamb. He is a man substituted for Adam and for all men. And people from every ethnicity, every tribe, every language may find refuge in him. He calls out now, save yourself out of this crooked generation. 
The religion of Judaism isn't desolate because an abomination entered into the Holy Temple. No, rather the abomination standing in the Holy Temple signals that the religion of Judaism is already desolate. It has been emptied of its true treasure and its holiness, because its true treasure and holiness is Jesus the Christ, its Messiah, and its Lord. Now this warning stands for us also, who live at the end times. We live in the time when the Son of Man has already come. The true religion of Israel has seen its fulfillment, even though they rejected him. We await the day when that Son of Man will come in glory. But the abomination that makes desolate is still very much here. Jesus warns, Beware everything that empties the church of its source of holiness, everything that sets the message of my atoning, saving blood aside. See that no one leads you astray. False prophets and false Christs abound, and you will see them standing in what look to be very holy places, pulpits, stages, on TV, in the backs of best-selling books, even in the most beautiful cathedrals of Rome. Well, what have such places become despite their appeal? They truly are desolate. They are empty. They are false. And our buildings, our churches, can be emptied too. The desolation that we ought to fear most isn't a lack of money or of beauty or even of people in these buildings. What we should fear is that we would ever lack Christ that we would have no hunger and love for his word, that we would treasure this place or our friends apart from the true treasure of the forgiveness of sins in Christ's shed blood. Do not be deceived. Learn from the example of Israel and their temple. And flee instead to the wounds of Jesus. Dear Christians, the apocalypse is upon us. Now that may sound dramatic, But if we understand Christ's death and resurrection rightly, then we know that really we have been truly in the last days for almost 2,000 years already. He is coming soon to judge the world, to roll it up, to cast it into the fire with temples and churches, gold and silver, nations, families, and everything. And these are but empty husks ready to burst into flame if they are without him. Only what is in Jesus' word and blood lasts. And if the days are dark and full of tribulation around us, then let us be glad to be so uncomfortable. Be uncomfortable with this world. And instead sing, When darkness round me gathers, may thy name and cross remain bright, shining like stars in the black night. Treasure this image, the Christ on Calvary shedding his blood for you. Be uncomfortable in this world so much that you cannot go even one week without desiring that the Lord's blood be proclaimed to you again and that you be filled with it in his supper. Your comfort is in Christ, that his blood cleanses you and joins you to God. For, since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, Through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. mercy upon us, Christ have mercy upon us, Lord have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we beseech you, show your mercy unto your humble servants, that we who put no trust in our own merits may not be dealt with after the severity of your judgment, but according to your mercy. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. 
And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. The Lutheran Prayer Hour is brought to you each Sunday morning by the Lutheran Congregations of the Missouri Synod in southeast North Dakota. This morning's broadcast was conducted by the Rev. Sean Denzer, visitor of the Southeast Circuit. If you have no church of your own, we extend a cordial invitation to hear God's Word with us at one of our Southeast Circuit congregations. You can find service times, sermons, and other information for the faithful Lutheran Church nearest you at sendlcms.org. That's S-E-N-D-L-C-M-S dot O-R-G. If you have any questions about the Bible, the Lutheran Church, or any comment regarding this morning's broadcast, address them to KBMW 605 Dakota Avenue, Wahpeton, North Dakota, 58075. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, be with you all. Amen.